we're back. Welcome to But Make It Hallmark. Welcome to our 11th episode of our 12 Days of Christmas special. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my co-host Chingai. Hey Chingai, how are Hi, you? Patty. Hi, Patty. I'm great. <laughs> Can you believe it? We've done all 40 movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> how quick, how fast time flies. Uh, but I'm also glad we've made it this far. We've officially completed all 40 movies from Countdown to Christmas of Hallmark Channel and Miracles of Christmas of Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And we're here to give the lowdown on the last four movies. We've done it, guys. We've done it. We did it. <laughs> Pop the impossible. I know. I can't believe it. But before we dive into that, I mean, Chingai, I'm sure you, I think you have a Hallmark happy thought this week. I do. Okay. I'm like bursting at the seams. <laughs> so you all know that I have a crush on Jeremy Jordan and it was reignited somehow. Somehow. And I've been watching Holly and Ivy every day. But anyway, I've said we tweeted that I wish he and Laura Osnes had a had a Hallmark movie since they're they're both Broadway peeps. And in my YouTube black hole I found that they actually do have a duet oh. together. They redid her Cinderella song and his last five year song and they actually did have musical together Bonnie and Clyde. So that's what's making me happy and just rewinding and back on the Holly and Ivy train, <laughs> which we hopped on months ago. Months. <laughs> How about you? No, I mean, Jeremy Jordan and Laura Osnes. You can never do wrong. Hallmark, make them sing in a movie, please. Thank you very much. My Hallmark happy thought this week is the fact that we now have a date to count down to for the When Calls a Heart Season 8 premiere, February 21. Mark your calendars. I'm so excited to wake up very early and just get crazy over the buildup towards this. Team Nathan, Team Lucas, Team Elizabeth, everybody, we're all on the same team here. We're just happy it's coming back. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I can't wait. <gasps> but the happiness doesn't have to wait till Feb 21. We have happiness this week. We were super duper scared for the last four movies from Hallmark because they've let us down in the past couple of weeks and we just wanted to end on a high. So let's see if they give us that. We start off with the first two movies from Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas. The first one being A Christmas Carousel starring Rachel Boston and Neil Bledsoe. When Lila is hired by the royal family of Ancadia to restore their carousel as a surprise present for their princess niece, she works with them side by side to complete it by Christmas. Along the way, they learn they're more similar than they would have thought and help each other to realize the path in life their hearts want them to follow. We're going to be spending Christmas in Acadia. <laughs> Seriously, Daddy. They want us to restore your great-grandfather's Christmas carousel. And Katie is the one with that Casanova prince. Can't wait to meet him. Oh! Are you okay? Perfectly. I think I may have jumped to conclusions about you. Dated a lot of princes, have you? <laughs> Christmas wishes can come true. When wished upon, a Christmas carousel. I did not realize that this movie was a royalty seasonal trope. <laughs> I know they showed it in the preview of him and his regalia, but we've got royalty, we've got 
something like a, an old timey carousel somehow that her grandfather built and now they need to restore it. We've got people wanting to be their own selves and not want their parents want them to be. We've got passion versus purpose, an arranged marriage of sorts. We've got like a niece, some like uncles. It's, it's, there's a lot going on in this movie, let's be real. But Rachel Boston just brings a certain something to any movie she's in that you buy it. Hallmark has historically not done royalty tropes very well. An Aberration was one royal holiday earlier this season, and it was delightful because Laura Osley's and Aaron Tveit. So I was scared. I was like, another one? But it's Rachel Boston and Neil Bledsoe, who I haven't really seen in much, but I was digging it. The season tropes were not bad. I, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. Thank you, Rachel Boston. To me, all royal movies moving forward, need to subscribe to this as a baseline. Mm. Because it had all the things we expect from a royal movie, all the all the cheesiness, all the accents, <laughs> all the you know, all the all the fanfare, but it was done well. Mm. And they weren't doing a royal movie because that's what Hallmark does every year. Also, I would just like to commend them <laughs> for a Christmas carousel because we had a carousel last week <laughs> and it was bad. I'm scrubbed. So it. justice for carousels. <laughs> Thank you, Christmas carousel, for bringing, bringing carousels back into <laughs> another the zone another movie that must not be named I don't even I was like yeah there was a carousel in that movie but this is the definitive carousel movie their mistletoe moment was just like moments it is warm by the fire I will give it to Neil Bledsoe because this fake accent from Ancadia beats the fake accent from Galwick. I'm so sorry, Eretvite. I love you so much. But Neil Bledsoe, like, for the longness of his face and the sharpness of his chin, he gave, like, Hugh Grant meets John Mayer vibes. And I am here for it. A Casanova? He was moving into Shakespeare territory <laughs> with that accent. It was, it was so fun. Yeah. I love it. He's like a, a Casanova, but secretly not. A softy, sensitive artist that just wants to paint. God damn it. He told her she was beautiful the moment he met her, and it wasn't even a pickup line. Like, I, I bought it. Rachel Boston is someone I could watch over and over and over because she makes the royal fantasy believable. She has that star quality that Laura Osnes has, that you are just rooting for them. These two ladies, I've said it before, we want them in more Hallmark movies. And I'm really glad they both got the princess moment because they made me buy it. You're rooting for them. There's this like super duper achingly beautiful moment when they were both about to, like they had a serious conversation wherein they're going to admit what it is they want from each other. And you can tell they're both hesitating because they're both waiting for someone to make the first move of who says what they want. And then he goes, oh, so we're on the same page. And she goes, yes, yes, yes. We should just, and then she goes, be friends. And then the look on his face is crestfallen because you both know they both didn't want to be friends. But because of duty and, you know, purpose, they, they knew that that was the quote-unquote right decision. I died. Give me the sequel where she's the princess now. If Princess Switch could do this three times, Hallmark, give me at least a sequel. Come <laughs> on. Also, shout out to him calling. Like, it's not even a mistletoe moment because it's not with her. But every time he called his niece String Bean, I was chopping String Beans at the same time. And I'm just like, are you calling out to me, Neil Bledsoe? Please do. Because I love you. I love you. <laughs> Obviously, a warm by the fire for me. 
I like the part where he buys her the necklace. I mean, how, we can't not talk about that. Come on. The very pretty woman Cinderella moment right there where he buys her the necklace and he proves once and for all that he is not a Casanova prince. He's serious about her. He really likes her. I'm also I'm also going to call out that wonderfully fake background. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. They're sitting they're there by the balcony. Yes. That came up in the in the subreddit where they were like, "So so guys, what do you think about what do you think about that?" <laughs> CG done good enough. <laughs> I wouldn't say right. No, I I think it was on purpose though because it it is a fairy, fairy tale. tale kind yeah. of movie. Yeah. yeah. They 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 pulled it off. They pulled it off. Overall, like the holiday feels for this. Fuck me because holiday and Hallmark do not go well together for royalty. Never. Never. I I mean this season is the aberration. But this one really hit me with a one two punch because they started us off with one royal holiday and they ended us off with Christmas Carousel and I would say they are both very good in my book. Is this are they both are the royalty movies ever going to reach Christmas Waltz level? I think not, but it is unfair because no one asked them to be. This movie didn't make me cringe. It was all hearts. It could have made me cringe. It's it, it had all the elements for cringe and I didn't. Lots of ridiculous accents along the way, but I love it. The unassuming and lovable racial Boston just makes me want to like take the damn crown of a fictional European city and bring all the earnestness for her because they can they crammed it down my throat and I'm here for it. Keep talking, sir. That accent, I dig it. You guys need you need a sequel. Give me that fucking sequel now. They can do it on like a Christmas fairy wheel. <laughs> <laughs> a whole fucking amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> I am amused. All right. From one carousel to a cross-country trip, we're going to the other movie from Hallmark Channel, starring Rachel Lee Cook and Grayston Holt, Cross-Country Christmas. Former classmates Lena and Max are traveling home for the holidays until a storm hits and they have to work together to make it home in time, no matter the mode of transportation. Lena Gordon? Max Cooper? The Denver airport is just closed. No planes. Sometimes life throws us a curveball. Not getting in the car with uh, no trains. Got us tickets for the cross-country express train. <laughs> and no way home for Christmas. This is a terrible getaway car. So we have Lena and Max, who are both New York people, and they have to get home to Colorado in time for the holiday. So this kind of reminds me of Snowden Christmas, the not the only non-Hallmark movie that we reviewed. <laughs> and they run into a lot of trouble because of the snowstorm, and they're actually ha- former high school classmates. And you know, I like how they did this because they weren't like they weren't high school sweethearts. Mm. They were they were just like friends. They were platonic. They weren't even that close in high school. And so we we get this entire movie where they're moving from train to bus to tractor to all these like dog grooming vans. They they spend all this time building up the friendship, and that's one of the tropes that I really love when you start with friends and it just uh, warms up she's a creative solutions specialist who thinks of out of the box solutions which I like because this is this is kind of different and he's an IT guy who grew up on a farm so they they run into all these experiences as they move from state to state and I like this movie because everything moves at a really fast pace first they drive up to the elf who wants to do a Thelma and Louise road trip and then they move into a tree delivery guy and then they they run after a train they almost 
almost missed the train. They ended up in a cargo train. <laughs> they ended up doing a nativity scene with some kids playing Mary and Joseph. There's all this like funny stuff that could have really gone wrong had they cast two different mm. actors. I think Rachel Lee Cook, she's so perky. And not in an annoying way. Yeah. It, it's just her. Yeah. She can do no wrong. Yeah. And Grayston Holt, I don't know him, but now I do. <laughs> and I like how he played along with her. They were a very good match. And he had a lot of moments where, you know, they were warming up to each other. And he did a lot of nice things for her. That, I think, just made me really pay attention to him all the time. And also, I would like to call out Rachel A. Cook's hair. Yes. In every movie, <laughs> she has the best hair. And I had a haircut right after watching this movie. And I think I took it too far with the <laughs> Rachel A. Cook thing. Yeah. <laughs> So for me, the plot is usual, but they did it really well. Yeah, no, this is a road trip done right. It felt like one big scavenger hunt without having to do an actual scavenger hunt because there's like people along the way that help them. And the, like those characters could have gone so wrong in an annoying way, but they weren't. Which is why this is now, again, our blueprint for road trip movies, for adventure movies, because... It's very tricky to introduce so many different characters along the way. And you would, I would, I personally sometimes would just get like, ugh, let's stop this, let's just get them home. But it was really good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. There's like a natural progression, I think, as they move from one, you know, as they meet the secondary characters mm. one after, one after the other. And the authentic conversations were good because the problems weren't made up. Mm. His dad died <laughs> six months earlier. So of course he has issues, right? Mm. He's, he's going through grief and everything was what felt real, everything felt earned, everything felt legitimate. There were no caricatures. I think mm. that's the that's the key to doing a road trip movie with a lot of characters. I like how he teases her mm. about this guy that Greg. her family wants to set her up with her, her kind of ex sort of but not. And he, he just kind of pushes her buttons. But at the same time, he's trying to see if she's into this Greg or not, if he has a chance. And I think it was so sweet when they drove up to this gas station and the attendant told him that there was a gazebo out back and he, he does this thing where you've always wanted to see a reindeer, right? And then he brings her there and says that she's gonna see a reindeer and she she turns her back towards him and he puts on the, the, the Rudolph nose and the antlers and that was the sweetest thing. It was not cor- it was corny but it was not corny at the same time. It, it was so, so nice. <laughs> and when they finally get to their homes and she has to drop him off, they, they do this like really, really long hug mm. which, which really warmed my heart too because oh, yeah. it was like, aww. He does this thing at the end which reminded me of Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater <gasps> where their luggage was mistakenly given to the other person by the airline. So when he, they finally claim the luggage, he got hers and that's how he wins her back. He he goes to her house and takes her luggage and he he made her a Christmas stocking with all these like yeah. trinkets from the that remind him of the trip and oh, that is how you win someone's heart. I'm saying it now. <laughs> Later we'll talk about grand gestures. But this movie was all about the little things. I also wrote down the stupid Rudolph like stunt because you don't need a horse-drawn carriage. I mean, yes, if you have it, cool, cool, cool. But holy shit, the little efforts along the way to cheer each other up and just push each other on. This is a fucking stressful nightmare they are in. Getting home to Christmas when there are no available plane, train, or truck, or whatever. 
is not a fun place to be. And yet they found the levity in it. They found the lightness in the situation. The reveal that he printed that photo of them, that selfie they took, the, the nativity photo, that fucking stocking care package at the end really, really warmed my heart because my love language is not gifts. But it's these kinds of gifts that, because there is meaning to it, it's about, it's commemorating quality time together, which is obviously everybody's love language. It shows that he's paying attention. Yes, yes. That's it, yeah. It really is. Their transformation from cats and dogs barking at each other to, the, you know, carefully unfolding and, and getting to know each other layer by layer was very, very well done. The, the authentic conversations they had along the way, whether they were in the dog grooming van or they're, you know, preparing for like a nativity scene are not contrived. It really just felt like it was an ongoing conversation. RLC, Rachel A. Cook, can do anything with anyone. I was super scared for despairing because I haven't seen this actor in much. But damn, son, I love this freshness. Give me that kiss in the end by the tree with the stocking. It just felt so right. The buildup was there. Oh my goodness, what a pairing. I was so tickled. Tickled by this movie. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, overall, road trip done right. Yep. It took a plane, a train, an automobile, some trucks and tractors, but they say it's not the destination, it's the journey. And I'm all here for that because that journey tugged at the heartstrings they made getting to know each other just right. They bring the comedic timing, it was so funny, it's delightful. I love that we had the front seat to the unfolding of this romance that started out as friendship. I love this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Warm by the fire. So when we come back, we're moving into Hallmark Movies and Mysteries and discussing two more Miracles of Christmas. Welcome back to But Make It Hallmark. We're going to round out this episode with the last two movies of the season. Guys, you can't believe, I can't believe we made it this far. But Hallmark, movies and mysteries, clutch game all the time. Uh, They deliver the last two movies, Miracles of Christmas. And we start off with Swept Up by Christmas, starring Lindy Booth and Justin Roning? I hope I didn't mess up your last name. An antique dealer and a cleaner clash when downsizing a magnificent estate before Christmas. As they uncover the home's treasures, they help reconnect the reclusive owner with his Christmas past. Our holiday bidding is about to begin. If it has any value, I want it auctioned off. The thought of anyone being lonely at the holidays just doesn't sit right. Everyone has a story, Gwen, but not always one they want to share. The whole point is to help vets adjust back to civilian life. That includes you, Reed. What is everyone? The last Hawthorne House Christmas. All together. Out of four movies in every week, we get ups and downs. And so far, we've been two for two. So number three would naturally... It couldn't have been perfect. And Swept Up by Christmas is far from perfect. We've got a trope of, you know, a small town with a military dude, a vet, come back and trying to, you know, service community. We've got a lady with big ambitions to further her career. We've got families reconnecting. We've got heirlooms and, like, grumpy dads. And there's a lot. The problem I had here was that I didn't care about any of the tropes. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but Lindy Booth has been a very difficult sell for me. I like Justin Broning. I saw him in Sweet Magnolia on Netflix, and he is good on the eyes. So it's not like I wasn't paying attention. Oh, I was. I just, I couldn't. It's a North Pole no for me on the seasonal tropes because we've seen this kind of like mystery type where, ooh, what happened with the guy and his family? How will they get back together? I didn't care. I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm not going to waste too much saliva on this. I have to confess that like at the beginning, I was it showed promise to me because I I thought it was nice that she worked for an auction house. I thought Dirt Force One as his cleaning business was pretty funny, and then it just was all downhill from there. And mm. I have to confess, I fell asleep. I fell asleep <laughs> all the way to the end of the movie. I can't say anything else because I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just cut to the chase. Justin Browning is gorgeous. He is. He is. He is gorgeous. And mm-hmm. as the sensitive military man coming home with all that glory I somehow couldn't find the spark with Lindy Booth no matter how many times they threw them together and gave them authentic conversations he he was sweet he was caring he was there for her he helped her when he didn't have to he was super supportive she was you know like she's not I didn't hate her I didn't I wasn't annoyed by her I just didn't care Overall, like, the only reason I am giving this movie a merrily mediocre is because I was feeling ultra generous this week. <laughs> I was so generous. All the other movies gave me so much hope that I was neither offended, no, I was not offended, I was not bored, and I was like, it's Christmas, I should be kinder. <laughs> I, think, I think it deserves that merrily me- mediocre, because we have gone through all the movies, and we mm. know what a North Pole yes. no is. This isn't yes. a North Pole no. no it, it, maybe no, no, it just no, no, caught no. us, it just caught us at a bad time. It just caught us in a week where everything else was pretty stellar. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. not sorry. I, I hope they Man. give Justin another movie, because I, I, yes, yes. I would love to see him back. I would love to see him with Autumn Reeser. I feel oh like that hype differential would uh-huh. kill me. Yeah. Which leads us to movies that killed us. <laughs> Let's talk about Project Christmas Wish, our final, our 40th movie. Woo-woo! Starring Amanda Schull and Travis Van Winkle. For years, Lucy has played Santa to her small town's community. As she grants a little girl's wish for a Christmas like it used to be, she unexpectedly finds her own wishes coming true. Back on my show today is everyone's favorite Christmas elf. Thank you, Mike. Project Christmas Wish begins today. Yes! Do you want to make a wish? I want my dad to be in love again. Max wants a real Christmas. Me too. I just don't know if I'm ready. We just have to keep our hearts open. Don't you want to make my Christmas wish come true? We're no strangers to the wish granting true. Because (laughs) we've seen it before and we've seen it maligned in the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. Thank God Project Christmas Wish comes along and saves the day showing us and the world how to do a non-profit Christmas movie. Amanda Shaw is a favorite. Sid Sanders State, I love her. I love her so much. And so I was like kind of nervous because like, oh no, please don't ruin this for us because Amanda Shaw is great. I wasn't so into Travis Van Winkle when I saw the poster because he kind of had like Bigfoot vibes. But then, oh my (laughs) God, when he came on screen, I was like, 
if swept up by Christmas put me to sleep, this one like woke me up like a triple espresso shot. <laughs> okay, so Amanda Shaw is like a wish granting person. She works part time at her best friend's design showroom, but then in Christmas she takes like a whole month off so she can take care of all the wish grant. She does like a radio spot where she promotes the mm-hmm. whole thing. And then, and then we switch over, kind of like a sleepless in Seattle, where this little girl hears about this Project Christmas Wish and just wants to go to the radio station, wants to send in a wish because she's sad because her mom died and her dad's just lonely and Christmas isn't what it used to be. So she sends in the wish. Amanda Shaw and Travis Van Winkle's meet cute have them really sparring because like she's mm. all she's all Christmas all year round and he's he's a widower of, of course we have a widower of course so he's a widower who's like sad he's like mourning but it's been three years and like he's like this really strict dad so they aren't on the same on the same level playing field but then he wants to do this because his daughter is like really sad so he gives in and then suddenly they spend a lot of time together because Amanda Shaw is trying to bring the Christmas spirit back into their lives and then magic happens. I love how everything took place here. For me, the seasonal trope was mediocre because we've seen this before. But as with Cross Country Christmas, when you put the right people together, when they look this good together, <laughs> when they have this like unbelievable chemistry together... It just sizzles. We go from mediocre to like sizzling hot right away. Patty, I know you have thoughts. Go ahead. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Number one, Amanda Shaw. Forever and ever. I love you so much. Center stage, you are my baby. I watch Suits. Like, I was so happy when she joined Suits. I'm not usually a fan of blondes. I'm not. I'm a brunette kind of girl. She looked gorgeous in this movie. Every scene, luscious hair lovely sweaters she was blooming it's like you know when you're in love and you're just like lit up from within that was her she was glowing travis van winkle tvw where (laughs) have you been all our lives this is like a antonio cupo part two where you're like that poster ain't doing you justice because them bringing him to life with all the banter he had with her all that it was the chemistry was electric Every scene they had together, I was just waiting for like, oh my god, they're, they're, they're sparring, they're sparring, he's logical, she is emotional, it's just like fireworks. And this is how you do giving. Angel Tree, are you fucking listening? <laughs> Christmas wishes done right. And you know what? The Christmas miracle is that I didn't hate this child. In fact, I loved her. See, again, we don't hate children. We just hate the wrong children. This is children done right as well. She was a divorcee. He was a widower. Mm, Give me everything. Inject this into my veins. The vaccine I've been waiting for. They had like they had such fun jokes here. Like she mimics him because of our his logic based brain, and she does like the robot. (laughs) And and she gives him a Grinch apron when they're baking cookies. I mean, they all had like every scene of them together. I was like, okay, cue Christmas montage. We need. To see like them throwing flour in each other's faces, which they didn't do, but maybe they, they should have done that. We had the wreath making, the Hanukkah, the gingerbread house with the Love Actually song playing. It was just yes. so so good, and I loved it. Like she nicknames him Christmas Dad and eligible <laughs> in Elmhurst, and and he calls her out, and I just ah okay. 
the peak chemistry moment for me <laughs> is when they same. go to the mixer. To g- I'm getting goosebumps. They go to the mixer together, and he says that his wish is to dance with her. To dance with her. <laughs> dance, dance, dance. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a performance, right? Amanda shows a ballerina, no. but it, it wasn't a performance, but it didn't have to be. Because all they had mm-hmm. to do was show them to on screen, go close up, and, and that's it. You feel it. You feel it. How she ribs him about juggling when he says like he's juggling a lot of things and she's like, oh, you juggle? But then he does. <laughs> Is there anything TVW cannot do? I doubt it. Nothing. All the panties were dropping the moment he goes out into that fire pit as he puts uh-huh. his daughter to bed and tells her to stay. He's like, oh, because, you know, puts her to bed and then she's like, oh, okay, I should go. And then he's like, uh, no, I'll just put her 10 to 15 minutes. And then when he comes down, she's like, okay, I'll stay. And I'm like, boom, girl, yeah, you want to stay. I'm like, oh my God, is Hallmark going to give us something else <laughs> today? <laughs> I wish. In the fanfic version of this, definitely more happened. Inside, when he comes down, he's like, oh, she's out like a light. And he's so excited to see her. And she's not there. And the crestfallen look on his face. But then he sees her outside by the fire pit. And of course, he brings a blanket. And of course, they're sitting super duper close to each other on a swing. And of course, they're having a meaningful conversation under the stars. And then he drops the mother of all fucking lions he goes can I kiss you you are so beautiful you are so beautiful can I kiss you and there are 10 million other things about this movie but that simple act of asking if you could kiss her and then totally cowarding after that was such a sweet moment because the build-up was there all along TVW and Amanda Shaw were the unexpected pairing I didn't know we needed and yet I want them in everything they had the banter, like you mentioned, in that Christmas mixer when she was telling him about like, oh, she wants to make it, you know, the project all year long, but then since it's only in December, it's like she's just going to be that creeper neighbor. And he goes, isn't that like your dream job? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. He sees her. He knows her. And what is it to be known and seen? And I love it. When she tells him, oh, you know me so well, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, girl, he sees you. You mentioned the dancing. I'm a sucker for the dancing. This is, again, no Christmas waltz. I will forever reference Christmas waltz. But the when he pulls her in, and, you know, she's so beautiful in that. And it's just like, it reminded me of Christmas waltz when they do the slow dance. And I'm dying. There's a height differential. You know, this is just like the dancing we deserve. And it's like, it was funny. It was light. It was everything. Thank you, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, for saving this for last. Because, like, wow, what a way to close out the last couple of months, the 40 movies. Like, this was, this put us on a high like never before. You know what I like, too? They they didn't, like, clutter the storyline with, like, additional characters with, like, an ex. You know, they didn't do, they didn't do any jealousy in here. I just have to say, like, I wasn't such a fan of the secondary characters. Like, the the best friend. And the fiance, the would be fiance. Like I wish, I wish they could have cast other people. Exactly. That's that's what I wrote down. Give them Marina, and then give us Marina. Yeah, but you know, no biggie because like the real important part of this movie is the fact that we got Amanda Schell and Travis Van Winkle doing the Lord's work. 
and just making us so happy. No, I think it was super cute every time the child would like up the ante of like, okay, I want my dad to like have not be sad and not really like, oh my God, his face mm-hmm. when he was listening to that. And obviously this is an unsanctioned trip to the uh, radio station with the grandparents because I love the grandparents giving yeah. all the things the grandkid wanted without the permission from the father. And when the daughter was speaking and you could just see his face, it was getting close up and he looked pained. He was like, fuck, I'm failing this child who I love so much. I'm like, oh my God. And then when she goes back to the radio station and says, I want my dad to fall in love again. And he shoots up from outside the radio station <laughs> and everyone looks and the, they make the timing so well. And I'm just, I, it's everything. It is fucking everything. This kid is so cute. I love her. She's more than inoffensive. She's adorable. I love her. Give her more roles. Give her all the kids' roles because then we wouldn't hate kids anymore. <laughs> okay, we have, to, we have to talk about the very last line when they finally get together in the end. I mean, this isn't a spoiler, guys. You know what's going to happen. He says, I want to go overboard with you in moderation. Can we discuss? Can we discuss? What are your thoughts? I wrote it down as well. Okay, grand gestures have been done in previous movies. Good Morning Christmas did that so well as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Including a horse-drawn carriage. And here we have a horse. That horse is a running joke, the Elmhurst horse. In fact, right before the can I kiss you moment, he tells her a fake story about a very (laughs) overly romanticized story of of the horse. And the fact that they bring it up in the end, it reminded me of Christmas in Vienna, where in every single conversation is a Chekhov's gun that leads to that humongous payoff in the end. He is the logical man. She is the emotional woman. And yet in the end, they flip characters and he becomes this overly emotional man that does the grand gesture because he knows she would have done it. Bring me that horse. Bring me that string quartet. Let's go overboard in moderation together. She broke his logical brain. You told me this, Chinga. You texted me that line that she broke him and he broke her. And I'm just like, help me. They made out in front of the town. I usually hate that. But because the buildup was that the town was rooting for them without being the annoying towns. Yeah, there, there were like, no wink, knowing wink, looks. Not, not, exactly. Not much, yeah. That line forever and ever and ever. Let's go overboard in moderation. Come on! 2021 hashtag overboard in moderation. (laughs) Check out that cart, girl. Go buy that thing. You know you want to. What a way to end 40 movie reviews. This was so good. (laughs) Sleeper fucking hit. Thank you, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, for once again... Clutch game coming through. Delivering by Christmas. Delivering everything. This project, all we wanted, the wish we wanted was to not fuck it up on the last week. (laughs) And they definitely delivered in spades. Chingai, we've done it. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not not gone yet. This is our 11th uh, Christmas special episode. We're going to be back in, in maybe a few days. In yeah. a week, or a few days, because we're gonna do the wrap up that everybody needs to listen to. Because like yes. you don't want to be going through all forty movies the way we did. We're gonna give you the best, our top picks, the ranking, everything, and the ones that you should probably avoid. <laughs> <laughs> we're super excited for that. We'll we'll drop it in a couple days to up to a week's time. The our. 12th episode from our 12 Days of Christmas. We want to thank everyone for joining us these past 11. Holy shit. 
I can't believe we did it. This is like such a crazy time. But you know what? I think it was great that we started this way back in October because like holiday spirit was no problem for me. Like I was feeling it. Like way back yeah. in August, I think when yeah. they started doing the holiday movie replays, it it was like if if you need to feel Christmas, then by all means start watching Hallmark's yearly countdown to Christmas. And with that, we'll see you in a couple of days. Thank you again. And if you have any thoughts and feelings about any of these movies, let us know on socials. We're at But Make It Hallmark on Instagram and at Make It Hallmark on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. We're excited to rank these and tell you which ones are favorites. Tell us what your favorites are, and we may feature it in the next episode. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks, Chingai, and we'll Thanks. see you soon. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas.